Welcome to the Barnabas Speaks Podcast. I am your host, Cloyd Brown. I'd like to welcome you to another week. If this is your first week listening, I would like to welcome you. I would like to thank you for coming out, and I am excited, excited about this week's episode. This week has been the first time that I am, not the first time, but the first time in a while that I am videoing, and I, uh, so basically for you video watchers, you can watch this on YouTube, and of course for those who uh, subscribe to my podcast, I am thankful and grateful that you would uh, come out again and uh, just say thank you. Uh, if you are interested in getting this weekly, please subscribe to this podcast. Uh, you can subscribe via iTunes podcast, SoundCloud podcast, or SoundCloud rather, and uh, we have Google Play podcast. And so, or you can also be able to watch this on YouTube. This should be, this is going to be a weekly thing. So I'm excited about that. All right, uh, let's get started. So the past few weeks, we have been talking about testimonies, uh, testimonies, and I want to go to different way. Uh, this is going to be the final podcast for the new year. Uh, we're going to take a little sabbatical going into the new year, so I will not be recording next week or the following week, but we will have episodes in January, and I'm excited about that. Uh, we will have episodes in January, and uh, we will be moving This we'll be moving from testimonies to mercy. And I know that it's around the holidays time and Christmas time, and it's Advent season, Advent speaking to the coming of the Christ, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But I wanted to continue on testimonies, and I, did, I didn't want to just go themed for Christmas. And maybe next year as we go throughout the year, we will have a more themed uh, approach to this. But I would like to just uh, really begin to speak from the topic my mercy led to my testimony. Mercy led to my testimony. Or the short version is mercy found in the testimony. So um, I would like to go to a very familiar uh, scripture. is going to be John chapter 8. We're going to start off in the first verse. John chapter 8, starting off in the first verse. Uh, and it reads, well, actually, it, will, it really technically starts in the second verse. At dawn appeared again the temple courts. Uh, at, at dawn, rather, he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The chiefs of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away. One at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman. Still standing there, Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, Go now and leave your life of sin. And I want to stop off, uh, stop at verse 11. I want to kind of give that same one. The same verse again, we read that no one, sir, she said, 
then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, go now and leave your life of sin. I am excited about this week because this is a very important topic. The mercy found in my testimony. The mercy found in my testimony. If you are new to this podcast and you are aware that this is a, uh, that you're not aware rather, uh, but uh, but if you are a returning listener, then you are aware that this podcast is a podcast about faith, a podcast about encouragement, a podcast about empowerment. And each month I take on a topic. And so we've been working on testimony and we're going to continue on testimony. But I want to use mercy uh, to kind of give a let this podcast be a forerunner for the podcast series going into New Year, speaking on mercy. I want to really think about this thing called mercy and what does it mean. And someone uh, said that uh, mercy is when you don't get what you deserve. Mercy is what you when you don't get what you deserve. Now, I believe that is greater than that, but I, I wanted to talk about from the standpoint of how we generally have Mercy for those that we care about. We have mercy for ourselves. But when it comes to people that we don't know or we don't really care for, we do not really show mercy, even though we needed mercy in our time of need or our time of sin or we needed mercy in our shortcomings. And although we needed mercy in so many different things, it's often that we find that we begin to lose or can't find the merciful bone in our body when it comes time to present and to dispense mercy unto others. Uh, today's topic came just from me, just, a, just an observation and in prayer, and I asked God, what is the challenge with presenting mercy? And God said, often we forget that we needed mercy. In fact, he said that often we forget that we need mercy. I think sometimes we we sit down and we begin to think about mercy as if it's something that we one time needed, but we don't need it anymore. But the Bible tells us that that we must deny our flesh every day. So every day we need mercy. And there's every moment we need mercy. It's, we all fall short of the glory of God. But But if that is the case, why does it seem that mercy is so far from our reach when it comes time to give others mercy? I'm reading, thinking of this scripture, and then in the scripture it says that these men, these temple teachers brought this woman caught in an act of adultery. Now, there's many things that I want to say here that I think about is that they caught her in the act. How do you catch somebody in the act of adultery unless you are looking for someone to be committing adultery? How do you catch someone and act normally when you are, are sitting, normally when you are in the act of, of intercourse and you're in the act of, of intimacy? You generally do not want to do it up, out in the open, but if even if you are uh, brave enough to do it out in the open, most people that know that they're, that they're committing a crime, that they're committing a crime against God that is punishable by death, they would not do it out in the open. So they had to be looking for this woman. They they had to know about her, her past and had to know who she was to be able to catch her in the act. And that that, that becomes problematic for me because if if 
if you are a, a, a leader in the church, if you are a leader in faith, you should not be looking for someone to condemn them, but you should be looking for them to present mercy into them, to, 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 to preach to them and to speak to them, to hopefully that you would say something in the name of Jesus that helps them pull out of their sin. But we should not be in the position where we are looking for someone to condemn. But they forgot that they at one time needed mercy. This is what Jesus is saying when they ask him, what should they do? And he says that let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. So what he's really saying is that if you've never, never needed mercy, rather, you may cast a stone, but, but if you have found somewhere in your life, some time in your life that you needed mercy, you should probably put the stone down and walk away because we all need mercy. That's what Jesus is saying, that, that, that there's no one that stands before me that, that doesn't need mercy. So if I were you, that I would reconsider and think about the time that you needed mercy. And, and now is your chance to be mercy providers. See, what Jesus does here, he, he reminds them that at, at some form of, at some point in their life that they needed God to show them mercy. And so now they get to be in the, in, stand in the place where they can now administer mercy. And so now that you're in this place to administer mercy, what would you do? What shall you do? This is what we do. We have this choice all the time, but often what we choose to do is to condemn rather than to, to present mercy. Why is it that we have a challenge presenting mercy? I believe that we have a challenge presenting mercy because often we are projecting our own faults and our own shortcomings on someone else. And we realize that we probably should have been punished for the things that we have done. And the only way that we can be satisfied and to, to really live with ourselves is that we have to go to the other extreme and we have to, in order to prove to people that we are living righteously, in order to prove to people that, that we're, we're successful, in order to prove to people that we've, that we've reached a pinnacle of our lives, of our lives of faith and our lives of business and our lives of school, it's to now to put down someone else, someone that we we're looking to condemn. We were looking to condemn someone that way we can push ourselves up. We were looking for someone to put down so that way we can push ourselves up. Now they were looking, the Bible says that they were looking to, to trap Jesus. And so they were looking for a way to push themselves up and to push Jesus down. But what Jesus does here says, it's not really about me. I am here that you, that you would have life and more abundantly. I did not come to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. I came here to present mercy. See, what you think is that you're going to trap me. What Jesus is saying is what you think is that you're going to trap me. But what you're really going to do is help me to serve my purpose. See, when you have an opportunity to give you a testimony, when you have an opportunity to, to present and administer mercy, you are allowing the blood of Jesus to serve its purpose. You know the blood of Jesus that you said that washed you white in the snow? You know the blood of Jesus that saved you from a life of sin? You know the blood of Jesus that cleans you up? 
the one that 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 that, that went to the depths of your soul and and saved you from a life of sin that 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 saved you from uh, an eternal life of death. That blood has a purpose, and not just in you, but a purpose in the world. And its purpose in the world is to present mercy to everyone that that desires that everyone that says that they believe in Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ is here to present mercy and it's on assignment. It's on assignment in each and every one of us. And when we have the opportunity to present mercy, we must present it because it was present, it's presented to us without cost because the payment had already been made by Jesus Christ. What Jesus is saying is that you thought you were here to trap me, but you're allowing me to serve in my purpose with with with. with happens here is that when we have an opportunity to present mercy and grace to someone, we are now allowing God and Jesus Christ to serve his purpose in the earth. So a person comes to you with their with their their misgivings and their, their sins and they present it to you and what you are telling what you are telling them that that you thought that I was going to condemn you when you came to me, but what you don't understand is that my testimony now has a purpose to serve because my testimony was given to me so that mercy could be presented to you. You thought that I was going to condemn you, but I just came here to let you know that mercy has been presented to you where you thought it would, where you would find condemnation. There's no condemnation here, no I have some mercy for you in this hand, not, not condemnation. And that's what Jesus is saying is that I am even here to give mercy to those who don't believe that they, they need it. See, the, 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 the men that brought this woman to Jesus didn't realize that they needed mercy from Jesus as well. Because if he began to judge this woman, he now must judge them. If, if, he, if he condemns this woman, he must now condemn them for their sins too. And so he says, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. What he is saying is that I'll let you be the judge of who should be stoned. Because if, if she should be stoned and you have found yourself in sin, that means you must now cast the stone on yourself. Beloved, we need mercy. Yeah, that's that's what we need. We need we need the mercy of Jesus Christ. We need the mercy of Jesus Christ. We need to have the mercy presented to us, but that's not what ends up happening because we do not know how to present mercy to others. I was I was in the chat. I'm in a few group meetings. It seems to be the thing right now. I'm in probably too many group meetings, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. I was in a group meeting and uh, I saw someone post about PWIs or predominantly white institutions versus HBCUs or historically black colleges, universities. And I guess he felt a certain way that the person that wrote this status uh, felt a certain way because he had went to PWI and it seemed like people from HBCUs were gloating about going to HBCUs. But it, but in, instead of dealing with the problem that he had, he lashed out. He projected those that feeling of inadequacy and projected it towards HBCUs and downplayed people that went to HBCUs and And by nature, the school that he went to is not is I wouldn't say that it was a, is a a highly desired school. It's, it wasn't a Harvard. It wasn't a uh, it wasn't Penn, uh, Pennsylvania. It was not Brown. It wasn't 
It wasn't UGA. It wasn't uh, Rutgers. It was not UNLV, UCLA. It wasn't any of those schools. It wasn't University of Michigan. It wasn't Michigan State. It wasn't any of those schools. So I begin to wonder, maybe his true challenge was that his school does not, he doesn't get the credit he feels he deserves for the school that he went to because it's a PWI and these small HBCUs get a lot of credit and a lot of uh, publicity, if you will. And so what happens is that he was looking for someone to show him some a certain level of kindness, even though he went to not a no-name school, but just not a popular school. And he was looking for a little bit more recognition, but the only way that he knew how to get recognition is to put down another school. And the point is that he wanted mercy for or a certain level of recognition for the school he went to, even though it was a small school and although it wasn't a UCL, UCLA or it wasn't a UNLV or it wasn't uh, NYU or it wasn't Penn or it wasn't Penn State or it wasn't Harvard, although it wasn't any of those schools, he wanted some credit for what he did and he wanted someone to show him mercy because although he didn't have the, the opportunity to go to these big name schools, he still went through and graduated and, and got his degree but instead of showing mercy on this HB, the HBCUs, he decided to lash out and, and project his insecurities onto HBCUs because he had a problem with it. And that is what we do is that when we find something that, 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 that we begin to judge other people and never realizing that we could easily turn the mirror on ourselves and judge ourselves. But what we were looking for was mercy. We said that we needed mercy. What the woman needed more than condemnation, what was really going to turn her to Christ. But it was really going to help her testimony to turn her back to, to the, the will of God was not condemnation. I have never felt, I've never seen someone to, to truly, sincerely make a change just based off condemnation. I've never seen someone to truly change just because of the threat of violence. I've never seen someone to truly change because of the, the threat of death. It was sincere. Yes, there's survival tactics that they may have. They may change to survive, but it doesn't mean that their change is sincere. Sincere, they're just going through the motions. But if you really want to push somebody to change, when you get an opportunity, present to them mercy. And then when they ask you, why would you be merciful on this? And then you cannot present Christ to them. You can present Christ to them because they now have connected with you and they realize that I don't know much about Christ, but if he's like this person is and they, and he's presenting mercy like they are, if he is presenting goodness like they are, if he's presenting grace like they, they are, I want to know more about them. But if he comes condemning me, I'm trying to run away from him because nobody wants to stand in condemnation because the, the guilt that and the weight that comes with condemnation. So why are you busy condemning and you, God gave you... The, 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 the charge and the great commission to spread the gospel and preach to them the good news of Jesus Christ. If you're condemning them, they will never be able to hear the good news of Jesus Christ because you haven't presented Christ. You know a merciful Christ. You know grace-filled Christ. You know the, the, the Christ that died for my sin and the sins of the world. That Christ, that's who they need to meet. And they cannot meet them on, when you put yourself on the pedestal that you can't truly be upon. Everyone knows that you've sinned and 
Everyone knows that you've fallen, but here you are with the stone in your hand, and I have an issue with it because the stone, as I was studying this and, and praying to Jesus, he said, the stone was never meant to be thrown. The stone was meant to be a mile marker. Yes, it was meant to be a mile marker for your testimony. How do you know this, Chloe? I know this because I have to calm down. I need to slow down. I, I feel all preachy. I get excited about this. And that's just, that's who I am. I'm, I'm not trying to be who I'm not. But I, you ask me, how do I know that the stone was meant to be a mile marker for your testimony? Because there was a man named Abraham. I promise you I'm not getting baptized on you. This is not the hoop time. There was a man named Abraham. And uh, he... Uh, he goes to, he gets this, this word from God. And God says, I want you to sacrifice your only son. You know the one that I promised you? The one that you've been praying for? Yes, that one. That's the one I want. Yeah, yeah, I want you to sacrifice him. So Abraham takes his son Isaac and lays him on the altar and prepares to sacrifice him. And then all of a sudden that God provides a ram in the bush. And his, his, what he says to his son is that Jehovah Jireh is what he actually says. But what he says is the Lord will provide. And so there he builds an altar. And so now anytime anybody goes by, they know that God is Jehovah Jireh. He is a provider. Oh, I have another one. There is a time in, 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 in Jacob, where Jacob uh, Jacob's life where he wrestles with, the, with, with, with God and after he wrestles with God, he builds an altar there out of stone, and he names that place Penuel because he says, because I've seen God face to face, but yet I lived. The stone was not meant to be thrown. It was meant to build an altar, a mile marker for the time that God had had mercy on you. And that yet now you have a testimony. Every time someone goes by there, they will be able to know that God had mercy on you. The stone wasn't meant to be thrown. It was meant to build an altar. It was meant to be a mile marker. It was meant to be a place where you can come back around and say, this is where God had mercy on me. The whole point I'm trying to make is the stone that you have in your hand, you know, the stone of condemnation, you know, the stone of blame, you know, the stone of bullying, you know, the stone of, of casting down people, you know, the stone of low self-esteem, you know, that stone. It was never meant to be for something that you throw in to hurt someone else. It was never meant to know now that you got yourself together, now that you're not on drugs anymore, now that you have your degree, now that you have your business, now that you have the good job, now that you're saved and, and sanctified, and that you now you wear your long white skirts, I mean your long skirts, and you wear you wear your suits, and you've been brought out of sin. It, it, the stone was not meant for you to now take it up and throw it. That was never meant to be. It was so that you remember where God brought you from. So that way, when you went by it again and this time you took somebody with you and you're walking by it again and you say look here this is where God showed mercy on me the whole point of the stone is to build an altar to God say thank you God for having mercy on me thank you God for having presenting your grace to me Thank you, God, for not condemning me where you had all right to kill me, where you had all right to, to, to condemn me, where you had all right to cast me out. You did it. The stone was never meant to be cast, but to, to build an 
altar to build a mile marker so when someone goes by it you can say this is my testimony this is where God found me and he pulled me up and if he can pull me up he can pull you up but that's not what we do beloved what we do is that we forget where we came from and I'm not talking about a physical place where we came from but we forget that there were some days that we were late for work so sometimes it's time to have mercy on the person that's late for work we, we forget that there was a time where we didn't always have a job so we have to have mercy on the person that's going through a tough time and can't find a job there was a time there was a there's a point in time when you yeah your, your credit score was 400 and now there's a now you now that you're at 700 and 800 you should not condemn the person and tell them how dumb they are and how how how, how frivolous they are for spending their money the way they is and having having that that low that low credit score but you should build them up and tell them listen this is what i had to do because god gave me a strategy and he had mercy on me somehow i still got the house even though my i had a low credit score you are to present mercy every time every chance you get what i am telling you is that the stone wasn't meant to be cast it was meant to, to to be to be a building block for your story for your testimony that way that you can now come back to the story and say look where god has brought me from but instead you're so ready to throw the stone put the stone down beloved build yourself an altar because when when jesus looked up when the woman looked up there was nobody there but there was a bunch of stones and so now she sees all the stones and now she can say this is where god had mercy on me i met a man that 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 could have condemned me but when i met him he said i did not come to condemn you but he gave me a second chance he told me to leave my life of sin and at that moment where he showed me mercy i felt compelled i felt push to turn my life around because when he had a chance to condemn me he gave me mercy how many people in your life where you have the chance to condemn them and you can give them mercy that it would change their whole outlook on who jesus christ is it would change their whole life their whole mind mindset about what this business that you are starting is all about they would change their whole mindset about what the church is all about they would change their whole mindset Mercy is meant to change your whole mindset. Stop using the fact that you have come come from a mighty long way and you have put yourself on, on a pedestal, but you put yourself on this high castle and you forget where you have come from. You forgot that you used to smoke weed. You forgot that you used to be on, in everybody's bed on Friday nights. You forgot that you used to party all the time. You forgot that you didn't always have money in the bank. You forgot that when you had to rob Peter to pay Paul. You forgot all those different things. And now now, when it comes time to present mercy and when you meet someone that was where you are, you can't find a merciful bone in your body to present mercy to them. Only thing that you know how to do is condemn and talk down to them. But I am telling you, if you live life long enough, you'll find a place where you'll need mercy too. And Jesus Christ says, that. remember that time when I, I, I gave you an opportunity to present mercy to someone else? You said that you you uh, prayed the Lord's Prayer. You said forgive our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. That's what you said. But now I can't find you anywhere presenting forgiveness like the way you want me to present forgiveness to you. Oh, slow down, Cord. I am excited. I'm not excited. I'm excited about this because I was once in the place where I needed mercy. I was once in the place where I could not find a way out. I could not find a way over. I could not find a way around, but God showed me mercy. I'm telling you, he had me dead to rights. He had me dead to rights. I should not have made it that far. I should not have seen the goodness of God, but he showed me mercy. 
Imagine this woman's testimony caught in the very act of adultery. And when he had the opportunity, when he had life and death in his hands, he, he chose life. What does that sound familiar? God tells him, tells him in Deuteronomy, he says, choose today who you're going to serve. Choose, I put before you life and death. I pray that you choose life. He is pushing us towards life. I put before you mercy and condemnation. I pray that you choose mercy. I'm not here to condemn, but I'm here that the world may have life and have it more abundantly. I, if Jesus Christ came to present life, then we have an obligation as the sons of God. We have an obligation as co-heirs with Jesus Christ to present mercy just like he presented mercy. We have no authority to condemn. Because Jesus says, I did not come to condemn. But, we've, but I've come that the world may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I've come to be, bring a, be a life giver. So I'm asking you now, beloved, where in your life are you supposed to be a life giver that, but you have been a death giver? Where in your life have you, or are you supposed to be a, a life giver? You know, the person that breathes life into dead situations. Maybe it's on your job. Maybe, maybe in your, on your job, you're supposed to be the person that, that has the positive outlook, but you're the person with the most negative outlook, and they can't see Christ in your, in your negative outlook because every no matter what, uh, they say, man, it's, it's nice outside, man. I guess it's okay. Uh, man, man, it was nice of them to, to, uh, to let us off early. Man, it's about time. When will you be the, 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 the life giver to every situation? See, sometimes I, I get on here and I talk about businesses and stuff like that, but this is, this is about your outlook look on life. This is about being different, to be a life giver. The testimony gives life to people because the testimony is a, 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 a confession of the test after you have already taken it. You are now, you, you, really, your testimony is a spoiler alert. You say, listen, man, I've been through that before. Spoiler alert, I made it. So that means if I made it, I hate to spoil the test for you, but you can make it too. I hate to spoil the test for you. If I made it, you can pass too. The, the testimony is a spoiler alert. It is to allow people to see inside what they're being tested and say, yo, you can make it too. I know that it seems un, un, unbearable, but you can make it too. And that is the life. Your testimony is the life giver. But no one can see life because all you speak is death and condemnation at the office. Every time they say something, you, you're a Debbie Downer. You're complaining. People come to you with good moods and you find a way to tear it down because, because, because you are not living and walking as Christ has lived with, with, full of life and being a life giver to every environment and every, every, every place you walk. You are supposed to be the walking manifest, manifestation rather of Jesus Christ. But every time I see you in the office, you are speaking death. You are speaking depression. You are speaking everything but life. Where is Jesus in your office building when you walk in? Do people see him? Do they? Do they, Do you have? Uh, do you be a, become a, a conduit for life in your office? Are you a conduit for life in your office? 
Are you a death bringer? Are you, are, you, are you condemning the day? When will you, beloved, begin to be presenters of mercy? When will you be the, be the presenter of a different perspective? All those men brought this one woman to Jesus to be judged. And not realizing that if God judged her, he would have to judge them. I'm telling you that it's in your best benefit to present mercy when you have the opportunity. One, because when you present mercy, you present Christ. Two, that if Jesus sits on the judgment seat, he must judge all those that are before him. So if you take this person to Christ and say, judge them for their wrongdoings, you are now sitting before the judge and he must now judge you too. And the scary thing about it is, is that when the judge sits down, he must be impartial. So I would, I would caution you and I would implore you to, while he sits on the mercy seat, take advantage of the mercy seat. Because when he sits in, in the judgment seat, he must judge all who become before him. But when he sits on the mercy seat, he is giving mercy to all who come before him. Take advantage of the mercy, beloved. Don't, don't ever forget that sometimes you stumble, sometimes you struggle, sometimes you had a hard day, sometimes you cuss a little, sometimes you drink too much, sometimes you fornicated, sometimes you had an extramarital affair, sometimes you did this, this, that, and the other, and you are thankful for God's mercy. In order for you to continue to have mercy presented to you, you must be continue to present mercy to others. Mercy shall be found in your testimony. When you can look back and remember that you didn't cross all your T's and you didn't dot all your I's and sometimes you, you make a mistake and sometimes you stumble, then you can look back and help your brother and sister up. You, didn't, you don't hit a home run every time. You're not perfect. But in your mind, you, you have, we have this, this, this glossed over view of ourselves that we are perfect and somehow we think we have the right to condemn but Jesus said, I come not to condemn you. I don't condemn you. Now go and leave your life of sin. If you condemn them, at what point, do they, where do you leave the window for them to leave their life of sin? If I'm in condemnation, why should I even get out? Why should I even try to get out if I'm already in condemnation? I might as well go on sinning. That's what some confession is because you fail to present mercy to them. And when you fail to present mercy to them, you fail to present Christ to them. When you fail to present Christ to them, you fail your great, the Great Commission. The Great Commission says, go out to all the earth and preach the good news. Tell people about me. And never has he condemned you. So it's, not, it's impossible to find yourself condemning people and still say that you're presenting Christ to people. It's impossible. Beloved, all I am saying, all I'm imploring you to do is to try mercy rather than condemnation. All I am imploring you to do is to remember when God had mercy on you. All I am imploring you to do is to not forget where you came from. All I am imploring you to do is to present mercy, not condemnation. There is mercy that can be found in your testimony. Until next time, God bless you and God love you. Hey family, 
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Barnabas Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Cloyd Brown. And as always, I would like to open up the opportunity for you to reach out. If you have a prayer request, if you have questions, comments, concerns, or maybe you're looking for me to come speak at your next event, or more importantly, maybe you're looking to begin your life with Christ and you're looking to welcome him into your life. If that is the case, I would like to present the opportunity for you to reach out to me on my different methods of communication. If you are looking to email me, you can email me at cloyd.brown at rocrdu.com. Once again, that's cloyd.brown at rocrdu.com. Cloyd is spelled C-L-O-Y-E-D. C-L-O-Y-E-D. You can also reach me on all my methods of, of social media. Uh, Facebook is Cloyd Stefan Brown. My Instagram is Cloyd Brown. And my Twitter is at Gentleman Cloyd. Once again, my Facebook is Cloyd Stefan Brown. My Instagram is at Cloyd Brown. And my Twitter is at Gentleman Cloyd. I look forward to hearing from you. And even now, I'm praying for you for your growth, your maturity, and that, that everything that you need from God that you would get. Not everything that you want, but everything that you need and that you would begin to realize is a world for your life. I want to thank you for listening. I would now urge you to subscribe. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on, on uh, SoundCloud. Subscribe on Google Play. Whatever your method is, but please subscribe. Please share. Please tell someone about this podcast. If it's been anything, if it's been a blessing to you, please share it. And uh, I, I will be forever grateful. And remember, never let your independence rob you from your dependence on God. God bless you. God love you. Until next time.